This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Well, so great. I made it into Glendive last night. Uh, got here just in time to catch a few minutes of the basketball game uh, between uh, Glendive and Wolf Point. And they're sitting up in the booth uh, providing the broadcast coverage, the play-by-play for both our friends here in Glendive on KXGN and our friends in Wolf Point on KVCK was our friend Paul Sturlogson uh, here from KXGN Radio. And so so after the game was over, got to go up say hello to Paul Sturlogson, see him in the booth. And I think our friends from KVCK still may have been uh, on the air at that at that point as well. But Paul Sturlogson asked me a question He's because we were talking about how I'm, here I am, I'm in town for the 45th annual Glendive Agritrade. Expo, the Gate Show, and and I got to saying, you know, it's crazy. I think I've been coming here for at least ten of these things uh, by now. Uh, coming to the Gate Show here in Glendive, and Paul asked me, you know, what seems like a simple question. He said, he said, well, why do you enjoy coming out here for the Gate Show every year? And I thought about it, and I gave a, a quick response last night. But the more I thought about it uh, this morning here, is you know why I love coming coming to to shows like the Gate Show here in Glendive. We said this last night. It's because you know neighbors are coming out to greet neighbors, and you get some great booths and some expert information from across our region, especially in agriculture as well. But it's really that neighbors meeting neighbors and everybody coming into town for the event. And for me, it's we come to shows like this because this is where Montana is still Montana. So that's why it's so great to be here for the 45th Annual Gate Show here in Glendive. We've got Cody Fulton, the Gate President, here with us this morning. Cody, thanks for hosting us. Thanks for uh, getting us in the door and, and everything. Good to see you this morning. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. I'm glad to be here. Um, glad to see all the vendors that are showing up this morning, and, and it's shaping up to be a pretty dang good show. Um, like Aaron said, it's the 45th Annual Gate Show, and uh I just kind of want to tell everybody, come on down. We're down here located at the Epic. We'll run from 9 to four, nine to 6 today and then 9 to 4 tomorrow. Um, yeah, we got a bunch of, vent- bunch of great vendors out here. Um, I also want to say, you know, thanks to our sponsors. Um, they have booths here at the, at the show, and that would be Tractor Supply, Multi-Min multi 90, Chrysopoly Pumps, and Nutrient Egg Solutions. So, yeah, we're just... We're really excited. It's looking like a really good turnout, and we're, we're hoping a lot of people show up. What, what's your favorite thing about the Gate Show? Because uh, you, you work for the road department for your day job. What do you I, like about the Gate Show the most? I do, yeah. Um, well, my, my past job, I, I was actually, I worked for Agri Industries, and I was oh, I was yeah. here attending the show as a vendor for numerous years, and, and now I'm, so I kind of got roped into the, to the, being part of the Gate committee, so, so. I guess my favorite part of the show is still coming to see all the the businesses, and I like to visit with with all the people coming here to all the vendors, and, and then heck, all the all the local area farmers and ranchers, you know, getting to talk with them and just kind of see how their how their year's going. It's a it's a great time just to meet up with old friends. Yeah, I was, I was talking with a friend earlier this morning, and I thought he summed it up well. It's it's like having the county fair here in the middle of winter, but today it's beautiful and it's sunny and there's no ice on the road, so it really... Visit our office anytime between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. Monday or Friday at 2671 Gable Road. And apply in person. Join the Brown Plumbing and Heating team today.
is where Montana talks. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right. Well, one of the first uh, items on the agenda here for their free seminars here at the Gate Show, the Glendive Agri-Trade Expo, uh, it's a soil test analysis seminar coming up here at 11 o'clock this morning. Chet Hill with Nutrien Ag Solutions is going to be providing that a seminar. He's an agronomist with Nutrien Ag Solutions. And, uh, yeah, Nutrien uh, getting to be a, a well-known name across the state of Montana now. Uh, you're also a Sydney, a Sydney kid uh, as I heard from my friend Tim and Savage earlier this morning as well. So, Chet, good to see you. Good morning, Aaron. Oh, let me make sure I got the right microphone here. Okay, go ahead. There we go. Good, mo- good morning, Aaron. All right. Yeah, great to see you. Yes. So you and I were kind of talking a little bit during during the break here. You know, the big news, obviously, for agriculture right now uh, is, unfortunately, this news out of, out of Sydney Sugars and the shutdown of that facility right now. But that being said, everybody's saying, well, what, what else can we do? Not only what else can we do potentially for, for that facility, but, but, hey, what are other crops that we can rotate in now? As, and so it would seem like Nutrient Ag Solutions might have some ideas on that front. Well, yes. Uh, yeah. At first, you know, with the sugar beet parts, it's, uh, it's going to be a very tough loss to have that. That's not part of our rotation, uh, the employment part as well. But yes, I think there makes uh, to be great opportunities for growers to look at some other crops. I, I, I know corn and soybeans will probably be the number ones looking at it, but maybe there'll be a little bit more hay production, alfalfa, a couple other crops that uh, might look uh, favorable uh, under irrigation conditions uh, for these growers to look at. Yeah, I was talking with uh, with one for- local farmer last night at the Wolf Point uh, Glendive uh, boys basketball game and came over and said hello, and great insight from him, you know, just talking about all the concerns and the frustration from local farmers with, uh, you know, with uh, American Crystal and, and that whole shutdown news. But so I'll talk more about that <laughs> later, obviously. But, but, but yeah, talking with him, you know, he said there's there's potato growers down closer to Fallon and, yep. and Terry area, and you know, Gallatin Valley, Montana, incredible potato country. Yep. Same thing in the Mission Valley, etc. What are some of the things you're going to be talking about today in, in your in your seminar on soil test analysis? Really, I, I want uh, growers to be able to be able to look at their soil tests themselves, you know, the analysis that they get back uh, on their on their soils uh, for nutrients, and be able to be able to read that part of it because there's a lot of information there. And growers, you know, and I'm learning every day myself too. But we need to be able to better understand, you know, what that uh, that picture at that time is telling us or showing us about our soils you know what nutrients are available or what interactions are happening with uh, with salts maybe for example or phs but getting a better understanding so that you could look at that and see uh better things that you want to help with the soil health of your your the soil health as well as uh, getting your nutrients uh, in balance more you know, I, I talked about here coming to the Gate Show here in Glendive now for, for probably 10-plus years, and really around that time, 10-plus years ago, was when really we started to see uh, some incredible fruits from this ag innovation, particularly with our pulse crops and, and peas and lentils and, and how wheat farmers were, were able to now start really capitalizing off of pulse crops in addition to the wheat. Well, and that is the, the amazing part, you know, in the last uh, 20, 25 years as we have implemented pulses or, you know, continuous crop uh, in the area, um, we've pulled off some tremendous yields over the years. And this is my, 
Yeah, we started as an extension service 30 years ago, and you know, I remember looking at soil tests, and we had you know great numbers for nitrogen, potassium, phosphorus in our soils, and we've really depleted those over the last 30 years. We, but we've pulled off some tremendous crops, and having these other crops in our rotations has really benefited us. Everybody is craving good news, and there is a lot of good news, a lot of great news. It's great to see the smiling faces here at the Gate Show in Glendive right now as people are entering the room in particular. What's the good news in Montana agriculture from your standpoint? Well, I think from my standpoint is that uh, there are getting to be more opportunities for different crops. I think uh, for a long time, Montana uh, in general was limited on the different number of markets for different crops. You know, even when pulses came in, it took a quite a few years for Montana to, let's say, catch up to North Dakota, where they had a lot more uh, marketing opportunities than Montana. So overall, I think that's probably the biggest thing is our agriculture has evolved in Montana, is that we just got a lot more marketing opportunities uh, that are available to our growers so that they can uh, take on, try these other crops and stuff. Yeah, and I, I know, like, uh, for example, my friend Nathan Haney, Circle Montana native with Nutrien yep. uh, out of the Billings area now. I think he used to be with CPS before. Yep. Uh, so describe the footprint of Nutrien Ag Solutions kind of a, across the state for, for those that may not be as familiar with Nutrien Ag Solutions. Well, you kind of alluded there. We're here in about uh, less than five years ago. Uh, we were crop production services, and then a couple of um, fertilizer places, companies in Canada switched things around or bought each other out, and then that's where Nutrien Ag Solution was formed. Headquarters is in Loveland, or the U.S. headquarters is in Loveland, Colorado. And when you mentioned Nathan, uh, we're actually in two different divisions. So he's in the State River Division that covers most of Montana, Central and Western Montana, Wyoming, and Idaho. And we're in the uh, um, Western Corn Belt uh, Division. I call it the Mondakistan region. Yeah, uh, that's what it should the be. The Montana-North Dakota border region, the hinterlands exactly. out here. Great country. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's great to be here in the middle of Mondakistan yes. right now uh, myself. And I, I joke about Mondakistan because, heck, there's a lot of people in eastern Montana. Their kids go to school in North Dakota. There's so much uh, cross-border, uh, cross uh, not only economic activity, but... Uh, Marketing as well. Everything. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Tax problem in the context of tax relief. Just call 800-841-0908. This is where Montana talks. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right. Uh, well, we've got uh, more great guests uh, joining us uh, now right here on Montana Talks live from the Gate Show in Glendive. You know, as I mentioned in the opener, you know, this uh, this conversation about this, the shutdown of Sydney Sugars obviously has been dominating a lot of our conversations here this week, uh, this week on the show. And, you know, we even got a call from Kalispell yesterday, uh, which just shows people understand the significance of what shutting down a major factory like that. Not doesn't just mean for, for sugar 
sugar beet uh, growers here in eastern Montana. Doesn't doesn't it's not just big news for our friends in Sydney. It's not just big news for the factory workers. This is this is big news for the whole state. Uh, he just walked into the Gate Show. I I had reached out to him earlier in the week. Jeff Bieber is with the Montana Dakota Beet Growers Association. So I'm very much looking forward to hearing his thoughts on this. And and really the big question is is everybody's asking, which is well what now? Uh, where do we go next? So uh, Jeff Bieber is going to go say hello to a few folks here at the Gate Show and then swing back around and come join us uh, here on Montana Talks. Another great guest at the microphone with us right now, Gabby Sexton is the Dawson County Extension agent uh, now here in Dawson County, Montana. Gabby, great to see you. Thanks for you dropping too. in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, how's uh, how? I guess this you don't really know how your your first gate show is 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 going to go yet because it's literally just getting started here. Right. But uh, how is it just being here in Glendive for your first assignment as an extension agent? Oh, it's been great being here. And originally, you know, I was not planning to ever be an extension agent. I went into education and was going to be a high school ag teacher. But this has been a great fit. Coming from a 4-H background, doing it since I was a clover bud, and now being on the other side of it and being able to help the kids and grow and do trade shows like this and it's it's been a lot of fun so far yeah you had a big fancy buckle on when you walked up uh <laughs> yeah. was it the lamb champion is yes. it 2014 yes i was the grand champion market lamb back at home at our show in 2014 so you're from sealy lake montana originally and of course uh, most of our listeners know where sealy lake is uh, not too far from uh from missoula not too far from the flathead valley i don't want to tell people how beautiful of a drive it is because <laughs> Uh, then it will clog the road even further. But very mountainous region mm -hmm. right near the Bob Marshall, several great lakes there. Yeah. So you go from Sealy Lake, Montana to Montana State University. Now you're in Glendive. Mm -hmm. We all I love eastern Montana. Mm -hmm. People who've been to eastern Montana love eastern Montana. But a lot of people in western Montana might say, why would you go to Glendive That's exactly when you're from Sealy Lake? <laughs> <laughs> my dad grew up in Haver for a little while, and he said, um, are you sure? You've never been there. <laughs> it's flat. There's no mountains. Are you sure? My mom, back from, she's originally from Philly, and then she'd never been on the eastern side of the state, and she goes, oh, my God. No, no, you're not going that far away. <laughs> well, Mom, here I am. Well, and moms just want their kids close. She'd say the same thing if you were from Glendive and then you were going to move to Missoula. No, mm -hmm. not that far mm -hmm. away. Because it's a haul. I mean. It's 11 and a half hours. Is that the drive for you? Yes. I was just going to see because I, th I think I've made it in faster time before. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so t describe your job as the Dawson County Extension Agent. What kind of what some of your goals are mm -hmm. uh, coming into the job? So my goals for, again, I did not go to school to be an extension agent, so I, I'm learning on the fly with this, but a lot of my goals are to just really get this 4-H program rocking and rolling again, grow our membership, get out there and let people know what the kids are doing and be more of an advocate for our industry and get those kids out there with their names out there and buyers coming back in and having given those kids those opportunities that I had when I was in 4-H between scholarships and meeting people and getting out there and talking to other people like you, getting on the radio and being in the newspaper. Um, 
I made so many connections doing that, and I meet people all the time that I was like, oh my gosh, I showed with you, or I was on the livestock judging team with you back in 2010. How cool is that? Kind of a thing. So that's kind of the goal with 4-H. So, and obviously, uh, big shoes to fill here oh, in, in Dawson yeah. County. Big Bruce Smith, mm -hmm. and you probably never got a chance to meet him back mm -hmm. in the day, but uh, you know, just towered over the gate show, uh, mm -hmm. mostly because he's about he was about seven feet tall anyway, but just <laughs> huge advocate for farm to table mm -hmm. and and, and value-added agriculture, which is what this show is really. It's one of their, their main focuses. In fact, today I think they've got an entire row of Montana-made and North Dakota-made products as well. Mm -hmm. What what stands out to you about Glendive, about you know Dawson County, you know this this whole area, you know being somebody that's newer to the area, but you know went to Montana State, has the background in Montana, of course. But what stood out to you, or what what was your in-processing brief like? Um, Automatically, I saw a very supportive commun rural community, and you can say that Missoula and Sealy and Bozeman are rural, but compared to here in Glendive, this is rural. The community is here to support each other and support the local businesses that are putting out grass-fed beef or their own products out to the community, and you can definitely see that it is well-supported and people love it. Well, Gab, it's great to see you. Anything else you want to tell folks across Montana? Um, get out there. Talk to a 4-H'er. Talk to an FFA member. Go see your extension agent. They have lots to offer you. And and for, for families out there, you, you know, you don't have to live on a farm or a ranch no. to be involved in 4-H no. or FFA. Mm -hmm. A lot of people know that, but a lot of people don't realize that that's yes. an opportunity, an incredible leadership mm -hmm. opportunity yes. that exists as well. Yes. All right, Gabby, great to see you. Thanks so much for taking yeah, some time with us. thank you for us. having me. Good to see you. Uh, well, Usually when we're here at the, the Gate Show in Glendive, it's also a great opportunity to catch up with Glendive area lawmakers as well. We caught up with several of them last year, but of course, they're all in Helena right now, which is yeah, probably only about a seven-hour drive. Then again, it took me seven hours to get from Helena to Billings last week with those icy roads that we had last week. I caught up with State Senator Steve Heinbaugh uh, yesterday morning uh, just so, so we could get a chance to catch up with him. You know, what's going on in, in eastern Montana? What's going on in the legislature? Here's part of our conversation with uh, State Senator Steve Heinbaugh out of Weibo, Montana. First off, I'd like to tell everybody hi uh, over in eastern Montana. It's, uh, you know, we, we tell everybody that we're... Uh, <clears throat> We're closer to three state capitals than we are known. It's almost 500 miles from the capital to our to the ranch house, so we don't get to go home every weekend where a lot of legislators do up here. And uh, so we, uh, we we don't get to do that, but we are uh, we we think about them every day because we we want to uh, um, we want to keep freedom in this country and in this state and. And uh, I guess that's the best thing I could give them is freedom. I, I, people call and ask for this and for that, and, and some of them things are important also, but freedom's really what, what uh, is high on my list to give them. So. You know, that's a, and I think that's a good point because, you know, some of those lawmakers, they don't have to travel far to make it back home for the weekend, but yet sometimes they're the ones who forget who sent them there and why they were sent there. Whereas, you know, some of our, our strong representatives out of eastern Montana, it's a further drive to make it home, but they don't forget where they came from. And I, and I would like to just echo that, Aaron. We've got, I've got great uh, house people that are representing eastern Montana that I... And I appreciate a bunch, uh, you know, uh, Representative Schellinger and Representative Phelan and Representative Lear are great friends of mine, and we talk a lot, and 
and we talk about what we can do for, for Eastern Montana. So um, I just wanted to echo that. Um, <clears throat> one thing that we're doing, the, probably the biggest, one, one of the biggest things that we're talking about uh, here at the Capitol is, is how much, what we're going to do with some surplus money. And, uh, you know, I guess a lot, some of us voted, there was, I think there was over 50 of us who voted to, to come and have a special session and give it all back and, uh, you know, give, give most of it back. And we had uh, probably 20 or 30 people that, that said they didn't really want to do it in a special session because it cost a little bit more. We'll do it as soon as we get there. And so we're still trying to finagle what's going to go on with that. And, and uh, you know, and it, it's going to be a discussion as far as we go. And we've got We've got some legislation that's in play right now to give about uh, 750 million back to the people and, and pay off about 150 million dollars worth of debt. So that's in play, but it looks like we're going to have three you know, towards three billion dollars with a surplus, and, and so uh, it's just like anybody if you've got the money sitting there. Everybody has an idea where to spend it, and we need to remember it's people's money. That's that's what I am interested in doing. Um, our representative Schonger has got a bill, uh, House Bill 307, that that wants to give a, a bunch more back, and and so that's what we're going to work on is trying to figure out how to give it back to the people. Yeah, no, that that's great, and people could could really use that right now, especially uh, with the inflation pinch that's coming out of the the Joe Biden John Tester and inflation that's wiping away the wage growth that we've seen here under our our strong economy in Montana, which is you know thanks to the the, the freedom uh, legislators that are running this state and in a, in a freedom oriented governor, our economy is doing better than than the blue states are doing, but still we're filling the pinch because of what's going on uh, federally and what's going on nationally. Uh, speaking of uh, of of economic news. I, I know the news broke while well, you've been back there in Helena serving in the legislature, but uh, a major hit for our friends, not just in Sydney, but really all across eastern Montana, a major hit for the whole state uh, with the announced closure of Sydney Sugars. Do you, your reaction to that, is there anything that can be done uh, to try to, to get that facility back online? That's been a top of conversation for sure, and we sure haven't come up with anything that's real profound yet. We want to, um, we're going to keep talking about it, and I know it's going to be a hit to to our, to our country. You know, we had the we had the coal-fired power plant that, that was shut down, and that was part of the reason that we had a problem with Sigma Sugar. But uh, and so we 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 got to quit shutting things down for sure. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's hold, yeah, it. Let's yeah, hold yeah. it right there. Uh, we'll have more of that conversation with State Senator Steve Heinbach coming up here after the break. And then uh, very much looking forward to chatting with Jeff Bieber and getting his take on Sydney Sugars as well, what it means, what are the options moving forward. Uh, Jeff Bieber is with the Montana Dakota Beet Growers Association. So, uh, so we'll go back to our conversation with Senator Heinbach, then Jeff Bieber, more of our live coverage here from, from the Glendive Agritrade Expo. Uh, and I'll be here uh, throughout the morning as well. So uh, for our KXGN listeners, uh, come on down. Love to see you. Say hello. And then we'll be joining our friends Paul Sturlogson and crew from KXGN after me. This is where Montana talks ag with Lane Nordland. No profits, no sugar beets. This week's announcement of Sydney Sugar's closing in northeast Montana has sugar beet farmers telling their side of the story. After years of American Crystal Sugar Company 
cutting sugar beet contracts for farmers in the area. They began to cut their planted acres to grow more profitable crops. Farmer Adam Psycho serves on the Montana-Dakota Beet Growers Association board and told me that even if growers worked to buy the sugar processing factory in Sydney, they would not even have a market for their sugar because of American Crystal Sugar Company. When they purchased, the factory came with an allotment. And an allotment pretty much gives you the right to sell sugar in the United States. So without allotment, a sugar factory really does you no good because you produce a product that you can't sell. When they purchased the factory, they essentially took the allotment that Sydney Sugars had and moved it to American Crystal. What we found out during our negotiations when the growers tried to purchase this factory is you would essentially be buying a factory that could produce sugar but couldn't sell it. That's going to be the biggest hurdle as far as the only company out there that has an excess amount of allotment is American Crystal. Other co-ops don't have the extra and some even have to lease it or rent it back from American Crystal who has the extra allotments. Essentially, the, the ability to purchase the factory is out of a moot point at this time. That was Sugar Beet Farmer, Adam Psycho. I'm Lane Nordblom. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, great report there from our friend Lane Nordland. In fact, I called Lane on the road on the road from Billings to Glendive yesterday, and uh, he's been doing some great coverage, making sure that these uh, uh, Montana area uh, beet growers are being heard. And, but that was a very interesting report where it raises the question, okay, even if you can buy the factory and get the factory back up and running, can you even sell the sugar? Uh, based on the whole allotment question, so that's that's we'll talk more about that here in just a couple of minutes. But first, uh, back to our, our conversation with State Senator Steve Heinbaugh at Owebo. One idea I've even just considered is could the locals form their own co-op uh, to to get the facility back online or not? I know other people have talked about well, have, could they could they ship the the beets to Billings and but but the fuel cost would just would just wipe you out on that one alone. Yeah, it's, it's going to be something we're going to have to get kind of creative on and figure out what what we can do or if we can do anything. And so we would sure like some input from people back back home on on uh, their ideas because that's uh, they make the best of, they make the best decisions. Sometimes we think we're smarter up here. But we need we need input from back there to figure these things out. So. That's right. State Senator Steve Heinbaugh out of Weibo, Montana. What else do you want to tell folks, whether it's a, you know, about what's going on in eastern Montana, some of the, some of the good news out of eastern Montana as well, or uh, maybe another uh, piece of legislation you're working on in the Capitol? Well, the good news is, and, and like I say, I haven't been back there, the, the boys say we're still fighting a little bit of snow. Uh, the good news is, is we're going to have some moisture and, and things are going to look good, I think, as when spring comes. And so that's exciting. Um, there's a few pieces of legislation that, that, that I'm working on and, and kind of, kind of, you know, passionate about. Um, one of them is I'd sure like to, to figure out a way to make it easier to build, um, public buildings in our country. We, we've got, uh, because of our strong union presence in the state, um, if you don't think it's strong, just uh, put a bill in that uh, talks that tries to put 
unions in line, you'll see how many union people are around here. Um, but anyway, the, uh, we would like to, to work on the, the zone pay, uh, as you all know, our, our zone city that uh, we had in, in, in the eastern district in Montana. It was, was Billings, and if you were 50 miles out of that, it cost you more to build buildings just because you had to pay you had to pay the workers more and and so that that's been a problem for years we did put mile city and sydney in there last year but now there's all kinds of country that still has that problem and and so that's a struggle i'm having trying to figure out how to get that bill passed hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that would that would hinder uh, uh, growth in in the rural parts of the state, in particular, which is where you know uh, we need that that type of growth, right? Uh, where we're getting yeah. too much growth in parts of the state, and not enough in other parts of the state, and and yet we have policies that seem to to basically uh, ensure that. Yeah, very interesting. All right, well, State Senator Steve Heinbach, great to chat with you as always. Thanks for joining us here in the early morning hours of the program. We'll miss you in Glendive tomorrow, but I know folks are proud of the work you're doing back there in Helena. Thanks a bunch, Aaron. Appreciate it a bunch. All right. Yeah, normally we'll catch up with those Glendive area lawmakers here at the Gate Show, but they're in Helena, and they got a much longer drive than some of the other lawmakers that are out there. All right. Well, uh, let's jump right into it here now. I want to thank our next guest for making the drive down. I believe from the Sydney area, Jeff Bieber is the president of the the Montana-Dakota Beet Growers Association. Uh, Jeff, great to see you. Thanks for coming down. Aaron, thanks uh, for inviting me down to uh, try and try and talk about the situation that we found ourselves in uh, early Monday morning. Uh, kind of a shock. We uh, felt we had an ongoing chance of keeping the factory alive for a few more years under the current contract that we had just negotiated, but found out early Monday things weren't as what we thought. Yeah, I had heard the the reason why the news, I guess, wasn't as a, a shock to me. Again, just being a radio guy, uh, you know, not in, not even a, an official farm broadcaster, but look, agriculture is so important to our economy that that you know we, we understand this news, and so I, you know, my friends that are in the industry that are in you know sugar beets and farming, they were telling me, hey, this this company's been putting the squeeze on these farmers for a long time, and now they're sending out threatening, intimidating letters about prices. This was a, probably a few weeks or maybe even a couple of months ago, and then all of a sudden, boom, the press release comes out. Yeah, they're shutting down the factory in Sydney. So it sounds like they've been trying to put the squeeze on the farmers for quite some time now. Yeah, it's been an ongoing struggle since they purchased us back all the way back in 2002 uh, when an executive at that time stood in front of us and basically said that you're making more than our growers back home and we're going to have to reduce your payments to get it more on an even par and we feel that you should be making less than our growers back in Crystal. And that was their their goal at that point and then they said they wanted to do away with contracts altogether and just do business and that that time just never came we just continued to get shorter offers when we were with imperial we got five to seven year contracts when crystal came in they they changed that to a three-year marketing term made up of one-year contracts making it extremely difficult for the growers in sydney montana to finance new equipment or or even upgrade older equipment and uh, in those contracts it just continued to to uh, they continued to reduce our pay uh, just about in every contract that we were in this last one we negotiated in the fall of 21 and into the spring of 22 it was an extremely hard-fought contract and in the end we ended up the growers group ended up taking a, another two dollar per ton hit 
or else the factory was going to close was what their words to us. It was always a dictation of terms, not, not a negotiation. That was a big stumbling block moving forward. And then about a month after we finally were able to plant last spring, we learned that the year before, in 21, when they had the 30,000 acres they desired, they posted a profit of over $4 million. So it's, it's always a right on the edge of being a bad faith negotiations when you're working with working with crystal yeah and obviously the big question is well what now uh, in fact I, I ran into one of the great local farmers here in the glendive area last night when i was at the wolf point glendive basketball game here in town and i was chatting with todd tibbets and got some really good insight from him because you know my my question and i think a question from other folks is well what do we do now can you diversify into other crops soybeans corn potatoes uh, hay was something somebody else threw out could you could you rail the beets to Billings? And, I, and he was telling me, well, there's a place in Idaho that does it. May not, pro- probably can't do that here. You couldn't truck them because you'd get eaten alive in the fuel costs alone. Uh, could, you, could, could local folks team up together and, and build a co-op to buy it? Well, then you've got environmental challenges. If you don't get that thing up and running within a year, you've got to go back to ground to, 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 to day one just to try to, to, get, to meet the environmental red tape as well. So what are the options at this point? Well, just to speak on that a little bit, um, the aggressive approach is needed at this time. And thinking, uh, Todd has used the term with me, of outside of the box. And that's that's exactly what we need moving forward. Another thing about the factory in its current, shape, uh, current state of being shut down is the experience that we lose in the employees. And there's a, there's a very small pool of experienced factory operators that you need to operate a facility like Sydney, and we're quickly losing them as other co-ops are, are reaching out for their employment issues and trying to get them uh, in their fold. But um, I've had, since this bombshell dropped on Monday, we've had a lot of people reach out. Uh, all the Montana delegates have reached out to us, and, and that's their question to us is, how can we help? What do we do? Yeah. So, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we just focused on the factory workers. Um, we got to get some immediate help uh, in the displaced locals, uh, dis- displaced workers that are, that are now looking for life-changing events uh, in, in there. And that was our first concern, is they've done so much for us over the years. We wanted to wanted to thank them and, and get all the help we could for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, the How farmers, do we take care of the factory workers in the meantime, make sure their exactly. immediate needs are being met? and pools. Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver Studios, trusted by the Northwest, Montana-owned. Online at grizzlygoldandsilver.com. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Well, we're not only talking live on the radio right now, we're doing a, a live photo op here with some of the great FFA kids uh, here in Dawson County. So uh, great to see them. Uh, before we wrap up the show, we're going to chat with the president of uh, of the FFA here in in Dawson County as well. Jumping back into it here with Jeff Bieber, the president of the Montana Dakota Beet Growers Association. Uh, yeah, uh, Jeff, I'll just throw it to you. What do you want to tell folks uh, before I throw another question your way? So we were visiting a, a little bit before we went to break about the, the factory workers and, and first and foremost taking care of them. And then this week I've spent a lot of time on the phone with Montana de- delegations. Uh, Wednesday in Bismarck I spoke to the North Dakota Farmers Union. And their question is, is you know, what can we do? How, how do we n- not lose this industry in Sydney, Montana? And 
you know, there's a lot of questions and a lot of, a lot of uh, again, out, outside of the box thinking that needs to take place because we have a depleted asset that, uh, that is first and foremost going to need some money. Uh, there's going to need to be some help to, for local farmers with maybe some low interest loans as they convert to other crops in the, in the short term. But we really appreciate everything that's been done and, and everybody that's reached out to us to offer help and, and ask what needs to be done. And as we work through this, we just continue to ask for, uh, for the time and, 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 uh, and the kindness, I guess, as, as we work through the situation, first and foremost this week, for, uh, dealing with the factory workers. Yeah, that's right. Uh, some messages that are coming in our, on our Montana Talks app in the meantime. Uh, let's see, nickname Cranky Farmer out of Inverness here. The ethanol yield off an acre of sugar beets dwarfs the yield off an acre of corn. Just a thought for Sydney. So that was out of Inverness. Uh, Kyle from Farm 406, how much sugar will be lost to the economy and what percentage is that on a national level? How will it impact national sugar supplies? That kind of ties in with with the question I had, you know, from Lane's report about the sugar allotment is even if you can get the factory back up and running, can you even sell the sugar? How do we overcome that hurdle as well? That's a that would be our second concern after the investment needed to bring Sydney back online would be the allotment uh, process. Uh, the allotment system was a great procedure when they put it in place back in the day and it was supposed to be a, a control on the United States sugar production and what could be sold in the United States. Since then it's unfortunately became an asset atta- attached to a factory that is actually worth more than the factory itself because if you can't sell the sugar the factory is meaningless and that's a real issue uh, moving forward and that was an, a political issue that that uh, kind of forced the squeezing of Sydney, Montana. They can use that allotment against you against us in yeah so could congress change the or pressure to change the allotments then? absolutely yeah well, that sounds like okay there's our one answer for our congressional delegation yep. then potentially but you're right you got to get act you got to get the factory up before you got the sugar to sell absolutely. to begin with yeah yep. uh uh jeff bieber great to see you by the way he is the dad of the the <laughs> one and only well not the one and only but montana's famous justin bieber it was about 10 years ago he was playing basketball for Sydney and our buddy Rocky Erickson mentioned it on the radio and you were telling me when the little girls found out that Justin Bieber was going to be playing at the Metra that place sold out real quick yep I have to correct you though it was for Fairview not Sydney wow good correction (laughs) the the, the Fairview state champions that's right I had a wrestler from Fairview I beat this kid all year long in wrestling get to state tournament and he 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 knew what my move was going to be he beat me at the state tournament but uh, if uh, if I could leave you with one thought is that you know the Montana Dakota Beat Association over the lifetime of dealing with American Crystal we feel we did everything we could that was possible to keep negotiations alive with with Crystal and keep that factory open uh, taking cuts after cuts uh, and the real issue one of the main issues we had with Crystal over time was the fact that the money that was taken from the grower payments was not reinvested back in the Sydney factory to increase its efficiencies and workplace environment and and that's that's a real shame of, of why we are at where we're at and a a factory that is going to need substantial investment to bring back online.
Yeah, all right. In fact, I just got a note out of uh, Gillette, Wyoming, uh, from a listener uh, saying, you know, uh, part of the solution to the problem is to eliminate uh, some of these restrictions on producing sugar inside the U.S. I don't know, but that's probably a, a bigger conversation there as well. So uh, He's on the right track. All right. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Bieber, thanks for, for coming down from Fairview. Greatly appreciated. Good to see you. And, and Justin Bieber is here, too, in case anybody's wondering. He's in the house. All right. Uh, the president of the local FFA chapter here in Glendive, Gabe Higby. Gabe, great to see you. Thanks uh, for coming down. Yeah, thanks for having me. You guys are like the highlight. Whenever the, the FFA kids are here at a show like this, it, it really just brightens everybody's uh, spirits, that's for sure. I'm glad to hear that. What uh, What do you want to tell folks all across Montana? I know we're a little short on time here, but what do you want to tell them? you got the microphone. About FFA, about Glendive, anything. Well... <laughs> <laughs> What are the projects you guys are working on right now? What's next up for your local chapter? So next up on the 20th, we have our spring districts in Miles City. And then after that, our state contests in Great Falls in March. Are you guys going to take over the state? What do you think? I don't know. We qualify so far for state for livestock judging, vet science, and I think we're still determining if we're going for ag mechanics or not. Interesting. Yeah. What's your favorite part of FFA? Honestly, everything. Most of my parents joined or were in FFA in high school, and I was like, I want to do that. And we don't live on a ranch or a farm. I mean, I have a lot of relatives that are, but That's it's just right. like something I just like, I want to do that. It's just an incredible leadership organization. Yeah, it is. That's and right. I got into it freshman ranch. year, and I just fell in love with it. That's awesome.